Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for February 15th, 2024. I'm teaching a series right now on laser focus. I want us to live 2024. I believe that this is the word that God wants me to teach all year laser focus on the fixed purpose that he established for us from the foundations of the world. So God has already been to the end of 2024 and beyond. And he now wants us to know that he has a plan, that he has a fixed purpose. And what we want to do is discover what it is and then walk it out, walk it out with a laser focus on this fixed purpose so that we can become the men and the women that God has called us to be. At the beginning of the year, I told you, that we will be looking at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25 from the Passion Translation every day. And that along with that, I was going to give you about 20 different scriptures to lay the foundation for the year. And then we were going to go look at some people and look at their lives. And that will probably take the rest of the year. So that's what we're doing. We're still laying the foundation. At the beginning of the year, I gave you Proverbs 4 and 25. I gave you about 20 scriptures. And I said something about each. And I said, we're going to circle back and do a deeper dive. So yesterday we came back to Ephesians 2 and 10, and today we're going to flow in that vein again. So Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25, Ephesians 2 and 10 are the two scriptures we're dealing with today. And the title is Worshiping God Through Your Purpose. Put in the chat, I worship God through my purpose. When I'm living out my purpose, I'm actually worshiping God in the process. I'm going to talk about it. Get ready to receive. So I'm worshiping God through my purpose. So as I'm living out my purpose, the point is that I'm actually worshiping God in the process. I'm going to I'm going to build this case and I'm going to further elaborate this morning. But that's the point. The point of what I'm talking about today is that you want to live your life on purpose with a purpose. And in so doing, you are actually worshiping God in the process. I'm, you know me. I get excited. I'm going to try to contain myself because I really want to teach these three points to you this morning. Y'all ready? Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25 from the Passion Translation says this, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions. So what you want to do is say, okay, Lord, I believe that you already have a path for me that's laid out before me. You set out this path before me from the foundations of the world. <laughs> Help me, Father. I embrace the grace to set my attention, to set my gaze on that path and I'm going to ignore life's distractions. There will be many distractions that come in 2024. The, what the devil wants to do is get you distracted so he could derail you from your destiny. But if you're locked in and laser focused and you refuse to be moved, then you will not be distracted and you will not be derailed. You will keep your feet bound to the path that God has established for you for this particular season. And your path is different than mine. So you can't be, don't worry about me. Like, I mean, you can support me and pray for me. But let me do my thing, and I'm going to let you do yours. And it takes all of us to be the body of Christ. 
Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I love Ephesians 2 and 10. Uh, This is what the Bible says. We looked at it yesterday. We're going back to it again today. This is from the easy to read version. God has made us what we are. I'll just pause right there. God has made us what we are. I told you yesterday, I'm not a self-made man. You can put that in the chat. I'm not a self-made man. I'm not a self-made woman. I'm a God-made man. I'm a God-made woman. So God has made, made us what we are. Whatever I am, I am by the grace of God for the glory of God. God has made us what we are. Paul says, in Christ Jesus, God made us new people. God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us new people. Why, Paul? Well, God made us new people so that we would spend the rest of our lives doing the good works that God had already planned for us to do. So there are some good works put in the chat. I have work to do. I have work to do. You have work to do. I'm not saved by work, but I'm saved for work. I'm not saved to sit. I'm saved to serve. So I have work to do. There's some things that I'm supposed to be doing. And by the grace of God, I need to get those things done. So there's things that I have to do. And guess what? I am going to do them. I'm not going to neglect the call on my life. Put in the chat, I refuse to neglect God's calling. So God's calling, or put in the chat, my calling is calling me. You got it? So since my calling is calling me and your calling is calling you, we have to individually embrace, accept, discern, and then walk out our individual divine assignment so that we could be who God has called us to be. And then collectively, the body of Christ can be the, the, the universal church that we're called to be so that we can advance God's kingdom. You got it? All right. So there's three things. What does this mean for you today? Once again, I'm trying to contain myself, uh, but here we go. Three things. Number one, let's get started. Worshiping God through the fulfillment of your purpose. Put in the chat, I worship God through the fulfillment of my purpose. So in yesterday's message, I made this statement. And one of my spiritual sons texted me uh, later and was like, oh my God, this could be a book, right? Where I said, the highest form of worship is doing what you were born to do. And he said to me, he said, hey dad, uh, you know, a lot of these things you say could be on a t-shirt, but that one could be a book. So the highest form, in my opinion anyway, the highest form of worship is simply doing what you were born to do. So let me pull the string on that thought this morning. Let me let me build my case. So this is what I mean. And and, and let me preface it by saying that uh I'm not I'm not trying to like compare worship. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's almost like when people say hallelujah is the highest praise. I don't know. Like I'm not trying to like in God's eyes, praise is praise. It's not like God is saying, you know, when you say hallelujah and somebody else is just waving their hands that that's that that there's levels of praise. I don't know. But, you know, but so under those auspices, I understand I'm not trying to like put levels to worship, but let me just explain. Let me, let me build, build my case. I love to worship. Me personally, like Rick Pena, I'm a worshiper. I love to worship. I love to sing. Even I mean, I don't sing, but you know, I'm, I mean, me personally, like singing and worship. I don't sing on the mic, uh, but I love to sing out to God. I love to bow down in his presence. I, I love to get lost in worship. I, I, and a lot of times you know, at home or even at, or at church, I could be on the floor on my face, just crying before him. I could be so lost in worship that I don't even know where I'm at. And when I come back, it's almost like I have to come back to myself and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm over here on the floor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I love that. I love worship. Um, I, I love it. I love to call upon the name of Jesus. Uh, I, I love it. But 
but what I'm saying here this morning in this point is that when I attempt to live out God's purpose for my life day in and day out, like so day in and day out, one thing I am is consistent. So day in and day out, just getting up every morning, doing what God has called me to do, getting up every morning, believing that my calling is calling me, getting up every morning. Oh, wow. I need to do today's word. This is what God has called me to do. And I'm doing it because I'm committed to do it. And I'm doing it with discipline and I'm doing it without excuse and I'm doing it without complaint, no matter how difficult it is. I believe this is what God has called us to do. So this is why we're doing it. I believe that when I live that way, I'm walking out God's purpose. I'm not complaining about it. I'm doing it with a smile on my face. I'm doing it even though it may be some things, some things that God has called us to do that I didn't want to do, but I'm still, I've developed the desire for what God desires for me. I'm doing it with a spring in my step and a song in my heart and a smile on my face. To me, there is no higher form of worship. There, there, there is, why? Because I am worshiping God with my life. I mean, like, it's not, it's not like I'm worshiping God on Sundays or worshiping God on Wednesday nights. No, no, my life is worship. Like, I, I like, so I am, I put my life, I'm pouring my life out as an offering. Like, you know, it's cool that you come and bring an offering to the church. My life is an offering. Like, like, I mean, like my life, I'm pouring my life out for other people. I'm pouring my life out for what I believe God wants me to do. I've given my whole life to God. And so said another way, the highest, to me, the highest form of worship is not found in a song or in a ritual or in a routine or in a skit or in a play or in a choir, you know, none of that. The highest form of worship to me is found in giving and pouring out your life to God and not as a one-time thing. I'm talking about doing this day in, day out, consistent. I'm talking about every day, day in and day out doing it and not complaining about it and not murmuring along the way and doing it with a level of consistency and doing it with a level of excellence and doing it with a level of dedication that you are living out what you believe to be God's predestined plan, that you are living the life that God has called you to live. And you're like, God, I'm doing this for you. And you are the Lord of my life. And I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And I'll go wherever you want me to go. And I'll say whatever you want me to say when I get at, even at the risk of looking foolish, even if it's something I don't even know what the heck I'm doing half the time, even though I don't, I, I didn't ask for this. And, 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 and when you live like that, to me, there is no greater form of worship. You are worshiping God with your life. You are embracing divine assignments and you're doing it with passion and you're doing it with commitment and when you, you're doing it with an understanding that Lord I'm placing your will above my I didn't want this and you're doing it with a level of adoration for him and submission to him and obedience to him and you're seeking every day to glorify God whether whether it's in something big oh my God I have a big thing today or whether it's in the mundane you are worshiping God in the mundane you are doing your duties on a daily basis and you're doing it for the glory of God and you're doing it with a level of excellence and consistency and you're you're cultivating a lifestyle where your decisions and your actions and your heart is reflecting your deep worship and your deep reverence for God on a daily basis and you are showcasing the grace of God, the glory of God, the love of God everywhere you go. And so even, even this might even mean that you that when you're facing challenges and that, that yeah, but these are things that you didn't want to face. And you're like, Lord, God says, go down this road. And you're like, man, God, this road is difficult, but I'm still going to go down this road. And you're facing challenges and you're doing it with a song in your heart and you're doing it with a smile on your face and, and you're not running from it. And you are an overcomer and you're embracing the grace of God. And you know that God's sovereignty is on it. And you know that 
God told you to do it and you didn't want to do it, but you're still doing it and you're doing it with, with a song in your heart and a smile on your face and you're obedient to God. That to me, no greater form of worship. To be clear, Isabella and I, Isabella and I are blessed without question. I got it. Isabella and I, we're already living out far beyond anything we ever imagined as kids. But many of the things, to be clear, many of the things that we're doing right now, Isabella just got on a plane or she's on her way to the airport and, and, and she's going, you know, to a meeting. And, and let's be clear about something. I would rather my, you know, initially, I mean, now I've developed a desire for what God desires. But if it were up to me, Isabella wouldn't have to work. I, 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 well, she doesn't have to. But I'm saying, like, I would rather she be at home. I, I would rather she be a soccer mom. I would rather my wife just be with me. I would rather, you know, and, and honestly, there are moments in my life where I'm like, man, we could just live off of our retirement in the Dominican Republic and just be chilling. But that's not what God wants. And that's not what God said. And so many of the things that we're doing right now, Isabella and I, a good portion of our life, of the path that we are on, is not something that we wanted to do. A good portion of my life, like uh, I know some people are watching from Worldwide Technology. God told me to go to WWT. I, I had a great time at WWT. Then God told me to leave. <laughs> so I didn't want to go to WWT until God told me to go. And then I went. And when I was there, I loved it. Then God told me to leave. I didn't want to leave. But then I had to leave because God told me to leave. And so you see what I'm saying? So a good portion of what we're doing is not things that we wanted to do. The, a good portion of what we're doing, these are things I didn't ask for. We didn't ask for a school in the Dominican Republic. We didn't ask for uh, having to go there, you know, dealing with, look, that's challenging too, dealing with all of these people and all this stuff. I didn't ask for this stuff. I didn't ask for today's word. Obviously, it's a big blessing in my life, but these are things that we didn't ask for. These are these are not things that we came up with. These are not things that we wanted. These, these are not things, but watch this. These are things that God wanted for us. And so what we did was, one, we believe, hey, babe, this is what God said. We didn't want to live in Virginia. We wanted to live in Florida. Uh, but hey, th that's not what God said. So when, when we get to the point where like, okay, Lord, uh, this is it. This is what you want. Then once I know what, what God wants me to do and I place his will above my own, then the next step is I have to develop a desire for what God desires so that I'm not doing it begrudgingly. So, so what you don't want is when you tell your kids to do something, you don't want them to do it murmuring and complaining and fussing, right? Because if they're doing it murmuring and complaining and fussing, then their heart is not in it. So no, I'm, I'm not going to do what God tells me to do, but then complain the whole time. No, I'm going to do it without complaint. I'm going to do it with, I want to develop a desire for what God desires. I want to I develop a heart for what God wants for me. And when I'm willing to give up things that I actually wanted, like we wanted to live in Florida. So when I give up things that I wanted and I give it up for God, and then I develop a heart for what he wants for me, and then I live out that purpose without doing it begrudgingly. I'm doing it with a smile on my face and a spring in my step and a song in my heart. I'm just saying to me, there is no greater form of worship because my life is an offering. I'm, 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 what, I'm living the, the life that God wants me to live. This is, this is an, an act of worship. This is me taking my whole life and pouring it out as an offering before God. To live this way, it requires you to have a heart that is submitted to God. It requires you to have the desire and the discipline 
to place God's will above your own, your own. And it also requires you to have a heart that is so committed to God that when you give up your desires for God's desires, you then immediately develop a desire for God's desires so that you're not doing it with a spirit of bitterness or resentment in your heart. You're actually doing it and you're yielded to him and you love it. And you're doing it because you love it. And you're doing it because you love him. And you're doing it because you are worshiping him in the process. Say amen to that. I hope I explained that to the best that I could. You got it? All right. Put in the chat. Whatever you got out of that, put something in the chat. I'll go check that out later. All right. Number two, embracing your unique path in God's plan. So Ephesians 2 and 10 is telling us that God, we are God's handiwork, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he had before ordained for us to do. So I'm, I'm God's workmanship. I, and so were you. We, we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And God created us to do the good works that he had already planned for us to do in advance. So my good works, my assignment is for me. Your good works, your assignment is for you. I was made, created, uniquely crafted to do what I'm called to do. You were made, created, uniquely crafted to do what God has called you to do. So you have to run your race and I have to run my race. And we are uniquely prepared for both. This uniqueness of our path requires a personal relationship with God where you got to you got to understand who you are. You got to listen for for his guidance. I, and then you got to understand that God has been preparing you. Once you know what God call, has called you to do, you actually realize that God has been preparing you all your life and you didn't even know it. Like for example, I have a multiracial, uh, non-denominational ministry. So I'm one of the, I know a lot of my friends either minister in churches or to communities that are like all Caucasian, all white, or all black, right? And I'm neither white nor black, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, but um, I don't see a lot, I don't have a lot of friends in ministry, that minister to multicultural, uh, multiracial, uh, you know, very diverse environments. God has graced me to reach people that are black, white, Hispanic, Asian, uh, general, private, CEO, janitor, rich, poor, you know, Ivy League or from the hood. And um, but, but God prepared me. Like growing up in Brooklyn, I was the I'm, I'm I grew up and and you know I've told you these stories before, but when I grew up, when I was real young, there were no Dominicans around, and so uh, there were the most uh, the 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 strongest group in my area were blacks and Puerto Ricans, and I kind of got in with them, and I was cool with the blacks and Puerto Ricans. Then later, a bunch of Dominicans showed up, and then I started hanging with the Dominicans. The blacks and the Puerto Ricans never accepted those Dominicans. They accepted me. I was the only one that could kind of go in between both. And then there was like other groups, like the Jamaicans, and then there was other groups. And so so I was, I was being prepared, even as a young boy, to go in and out of. Then there was South Americans, you know, so then you had those, and there was Mexicans. Those are different groups. And so all of this stuff was going on in, um, in, uh, in New York City and Brooklyn. And then I joined the army and then, and then God started to give me favor, uh, with mentors who were white. And I was like, Oh wow, this is cool. Then I had mentors who were black then, but none of them were Hispanic. But anyway, my point is that God graced me, prepared me all my life. This is my assignment. Like, um, listen, so just like God did it with me, God did it with you. You may not realize it, but when God tells you to do something, he's been preparing you all your life for it. And so all of the challenges that will come with the assignment, because newsflash, 
There will be challenges. Put in the chat. There will be challenges. There will be challenges with the assignment, but you're, you're, you're built for it. Put in the chat. I was built for this. Like you've been prepared. You didn't even realize, but God has been preparing you all your life for your assignment. Put in the chat. I'm built for this, man. I'm built for it. I have an assignment. You have an assignment. We are unique. We are God's workmanship, his handiwork. We were created in Christ Jesus for these particular good works. And so I have to do what God has called me to do. You have to do what God has called you to do. I can celebrate you. You can celebrate me. Me building you up doesn't mean that I'm tearing myself down. I can celebrate you without devaluing myself. So I'm navigating whatever God has called me to do. I'm doing it sometimes at the risk of looking foolish, and I'm seeking to walk out my divine assignment, and I'm, I'm okay. I'm cool with me. Like, like put in the chat, I love me some me. Put in the chat, I love myself. I love and like myself. I understand that I'm, I'm part of a broader narrative, but I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And nobody can be me but me. And I, I'm really good at being me. So I'm going to be me. I'm walking in, the, in a level of confidence. And when you walk with a level of confidence and you know who you are, you are so, this happens to me all the time. I'm talking to people and they say, man, Rick, it, feel, you know, it seems like you really know who you are, your purpose. I want to know God that way. I want to know my purpose that way. So you should have so much confidence in who you are that it causes people to want to know who they are and go discover themselves if they haven't discovered themselves yet. You got it? All right. Number three, last point for today. The power of God's grace in fulfilling your purpose. Now, you cannot fulfill your purpose without the grace of God. Let's be clear about something. You need the grace. Put in the chat, I need God's grace. I need, without God, I cannot, I can't do anything. So whatever God has for us, whatever God has called us to do is going to be something that you cannot do without him. God calls us to do things that we cannot do without him because it forces us to totally rely on him, right? He calls us beyond our natural capacity. So when you recognize that true success is only going to come by the grace of God, it then puts you in a position to be humble. Well, you know, it's, I'm not that smart. I'm not, it's not about me. <laughs> you know, it's the grace of God. It humbles you. It keeps you relying on God. It keeps you calling out to him. It keeps you sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The grace of God is equipping you for every good work that God has already planned for you to do. But, and all the resources are already stored up. But when you acknowledge that it's the grace of God, you, you also have to acknowledge that it's not you. So you don't get the big head. It's not about you. You're not a self-made man. The grace of God is calling you. The grace of God has prepared you. The grace of God has stored things up. And the grace of God will cover your weaknesses. He will, where I'm weak, God is strong. And so the grace of God covers me, empowers me. And when you live under the umbrella of God's amazing grace, you're able to live your life with a level of confidence, knowing that God's favor is going before me. God's blessing is on me. It's not about me. It's all about him. Lord, I'm doing what you wanted me to do. Sometimes, you know, Lord, this is difficult, but I'm looking unto you as the author and the finisher of my faith. Your grace is on me to walk this thing out. Your grace is on me to be a living witness. Your grace is on me, empowering me to do what I could never do without you. Your grace is on me to leave a legacy of righteousness that will outlive me. Your grace is on me to draw others unto you. When people come in contact with me, they actually come in contact with you. Your grace is on me. Without God, we cannot. Without us, he will not. So there is a relationship between God and man and, and, and man and God. And that relationship is what I call the grace life. Put in the chat, say, I live the grace life. When we live the grace life, as I close, we are empowered. The grace life, right? We are empowered to do what we can never do without him. We're empowered to do what God has called us to do. We're so in sync with God that God gives us the words 
God performs the work through us. And then we build up the faith because of the grace of God. We build up the faith to attempt things that exceed our power, ability, or strength, that, uh, to attempt things that exceed our education and our experience. Put in the chat, I attempt things that, and I'm attempting these things by faith. Why? Because my faith is rooted and grounded in the grace of God. I live the grace life. And it's how I'm called to live. Say amen to that. All right, that's enough. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say this. Say, Father, I declare that I'm living my life with a laser focus on your fixed purpose. Living out my purpose is my highest act of worship. I willingly place my will under your will. I develop a genuine desire for the things that you desire for me. This empowers me to live out my purpose with a smile on my face. I am committed to following the path that you have designed for me, embracing every challenge and also every victory. I surrender my plans to your plans. I trust in your perfect timing. I seek your guidance daily. I'm led by your spirit. My life is an offering. I step out in faith. I don't compare myself to other people and I embrace the life you want me to live. Your grace empowers me to fulfill my calling and covers my weaknesses in the process. My life is a testament to your faithfulness. I thank you, Father, for the good works you've called me to do. I will glorify you as I do it. Greater is coming for me because I'm committed to doing the good works that you planned for me before the world began. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. Tomorrow I'm going to have another word. I'm probably going to come back to Ephesians 2 and 10 again tomorrow because I love Ephesians 2 and 10. I hope that you got something out of this. I tried to contain myself. I got excited in a couple of spots there. Uh, but do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share the message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.